Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this great and wonderful opportunity. We ask, Lord, that you speak to us, teach us, minister to our hearts. We are grateful and thankful. I avail myself as a vessel. Lord, use me as an instrument of your blessing. Use me as an instrument of your transformation. Use me as an instrument of change. I am thankful and grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, let the ancient words You may be seated. Hallelujah. Wow. Wonderful. Well, it's a joy always to be in the house of the Lord. The sister has a voice. Isn't that so? It's powerful. Wow. God bless you for ministering. Wonderful. Well, tonight I um, I was going to share with you about, I was going to put a pause on the message we've been sharing and share with you about so winning and sharing the gospel. But um, I think, um, see, when I thought about it, I realized that most of you who come for Tuesday services are serious Christians who understand certain things. And so I... Um, I reserve that and I'm going to share that on Sunday, God willing. So that, um, because um, I think so many people do not understand even why they are Christians. First of all, less of all to share with someone about the goodness of Jesus Christ. And so we are going to share that, God willing, next week, next Sunday. We will put a pause on our message on faithfulness because I realize that there is a season, there is a, a, a fruitful and a ripe season, a ripe season for us to neutralize the curses that are in our lives. And I realize that the neutralization of the curses in our lives are linked directly to soul winning. And we need to take advantage of the season. We need to take advantage of the prophecy and run with it. Hallelujah. And so tell your neighbor, I look forward to seeing you this Sunday. God willing. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So today I want to continue on 
the message that we've been sharing. I think we've been sharing a lot of things about our spirituality and about the Holy Spirit and about the fact that Christianity is a spiritual walk. Hallelujah. That Christianity is a spiritual walk. Our walk with Jesus is a spiritual walk. Hallelujah. And last week we said that the notion that if you are a Christian, then everything ought to work right for you, everything ought to be okay, is a wrong notion. Hallelujah. It is a wrong notion. And it is because you are still worldly. You are still worldly and you are still of the world. Hallelujah. But you are in the world. You are living in this world. But Jesus says you are not of this world. Amen. Amen. And so when you think you are working with God and so everything ought to work well with you, you have it all wrong. And when, in fact, we say that everything is working well with us, when we say everything is working well with you, we are not talking about spiritual things. When we say things are not working well with us, we are talking about worldly things. Isn't that so? When someone says, why are you looking so sad and worried and morose? Why are you looking so, why are you down? You know, you don't hear people say, because I can't pray much. You know, because I feel my prayer life has gone down. That's why I've been so worried. I feel like I'm not sharing Christ as I ought to. You know, I feel like my walk with Jesus is not moving forward as I... I'm struggling with fasting. That's why I'm so sad these days. Or you see someone is very, very sad and down and you say, what is wrong, sister? What is wrong, brother? You know, I'm struggling with my quiet time these days. You see someone sitting and with his hand under the chin and very, you know, in deep thoughts and you ask, what is wrong? You say, you know, I, I, I'm struggling with my quiet time these days. How many of you have heard that before? You've heard that, you, you heard that before? Only Mark. <laughs> Yeah. Amen. You know, when you see people are worried and they are disturbed and they say things are not working well, it's not because their spiritual life is down. No. It's because all my friends are getting married and I'm still single. All my friends are having children and I'm still not having a child. All my friends are passing their exams and I, I, I'm still struggling with this test. All my friends are graduating from college and I'm still struggling with this. Isn't that so? That is when you see, when people are worried. When you find people and Christians who are not of this world, when they are worried, it's not because some spiritual deficit is in their lives. 
but it's because some worldly thing is missing. Some worldly thing is missing. Hallelujah. But we read a scripture in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Our blessings, they are spiritual blessings. Amen. When you are morose and you are sad and you are down, you should feel that you are missing some spiritual blessing. Hallelujah. You should feel that some spiritual entity is missing in your life. You say, this is a missing church. You know, I'm missing services. You know, my work schedule, the way it is, I'm missing church and I'm, I'm not able to do things in church. That is why I'm so down. Is that what we find with people? No. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace. You are looking for peace? It's not your job. You are looking for peace? It's not your career. It's not your marriage. It's not your children. It's not your college degree. But it says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things, all things, that pertain unto life and godliness. All things that pertain unto life and unto godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. To glory and virtue. It says, according, let's look at that first, that verse 3. According as his divine power, God's divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life. What are the things that pertain to life? What are some of the things that pertain to life? Money. Money. Good houses. Cars. Good cars that don't break down on the highway. A good wife. A good husband. Good jobs. What else? Health insurance. Health insurance. Pertain to life. Yes, it's important. What else? Children. To have children. Healthy children. You don't. Tax refund. Pertain to life. You see, all these God has given us by his divine power. And he says, also unto godliness. What are the things that are unto godliness? Holiness. Faith. What else? Love. Kindness. Joy. You see, can you touch these things? Can you see them? Can you, can you, can you put your hand on them? No. It says God has given all of these things to us through the knowledge of him. 
that had called us to glory and virtue. But you see, we focus on all things pertaining unto life and nothing unto godliness. So he says in verse 4, he says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, the promises of God in his word, exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through a lust. Through lust. But God has given us all these promises, all his promises, that we will, he says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And he says the reason for these promises, that by these, we, 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 say you. Tell your neighbor you. Say me. He says, ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Divine nature of God is holiness. You know, he's given all these things to us that we will have his divine nature. We will get closer to God. Do you understand what I'm He has given all these promises, all things pertaining to life and unto godliness, ultimately, that we may be partakers of his divine nature, that we will escape the corruption that is in the world. And God will give you everything that you will need so that you will drive towards his nature, his divine nature. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So if God has to hold something from you, that will make you, you see, and that pertaining to life. You see, we think that getting is always the blessing. But also, not getting or taking away is also God's blessing. Do you understand? And if it is pertaining to life that he will take away or he will remove or he will withhold such that it will move you towards attaining his divine nature, God will do that. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, there is, it is not difficult for God to bless you. Do you understand? God will not withhold any good thing from you. He says, his wish above all things, it is his priority that you will prosper. But you see, you do not understand him, so you don't understand what will make you prosper. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Our Christian walk is a spiritual walk. And if you don't understand spiritual things, you will miss where God is leading you. Amen. Psalm 37 and verse 3. Psalm 37 and verse 3. Let's read that from the New Living Translation. Psalm 37 and verse 3. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Trust in the Lord and do good. If you do that, you will live safely and you will prosper in the land. Is it what you want? You want to prosper? Then trust in the Lord and do good. Verse 4, 
He says, take delight in the Lord. And he will give you your heart desires. What are your heart desires? He says, take delight in them. You just take delight in the Lord. Let your delight in the Lord. And he will give you your heart desires. You see, when you don't understand God, you will say that God has not given you your heart desires. But he says that for you to receive your heart desires, first take delight in me. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Trust him and he will help you. Whatever you are doing, trust him and he will help you. Hallelujah. He says he will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. And the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday. Have people falsely accused you? Have people said lies about you or told lies about you? Have people falsely uh, um, witnessed against you? Have people said things about you that are not true? He says he will make your innocence radiate. It will radiate like the dawn. And the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Isn't that wonderful? What do you think God will, what, what do you think God wants to do for you? Amen. Amen. It's like every area of your life is there to help you. Verse 7, he says, be still, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Be still in the presence of the Lord. Now, be still, be still means, be still means that there is a tendency for you not to be still. Do you understand? That means that the, the, the situation calls for agitation. You see, if being still, you see, there are certain things that the Bible doesn't tell us, for instance, when something is falling in your eyes, blink. Do you understand? Or when, or brush your teeth every day. Or when food, when you put ice cream on your tongue, swallow it. Do you understand? There are certain things that it just flows. Do you understand? And they are inevitable. But you see, there are certain things that God is telling us to do. That means that there is agitation in your situation. What is happening will call for not being still. So it means that what is happening right now, it will cause for you to hasten to do certain things. It will cause for you to, 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 to be aggressive in certain things. By the saying, in that situation, be still, be still. Be still and wait patiently. Wait patiently for him to act. That means God is going to act. Now the reason why you are not seeing his action, he's not acting, is because you are not waiting patiently. Amen. You are not waiting patiently because he will surely act. He will surely act. He says, wait patiently for him to act. 
So if you are there and you have not seen the action of God, it doesn't mean he's, going, he's not going to act. What it calls for is continue to wait patiently. Amen. It calls for wait. It says, don't worry about evil people who prosper. You see, because sometimes, you see, you worry, I'm a Christian, I have served God all these years. Look at uh, my co-workers. They don't even go to church, but this one is driving this Mercedes Benz. This one is doing this. This one is having this. This one has that. This one is married. Look, this one, he, has never, he doesn't even know what, who is Christ. And he's, she's married, and she has children, and she has this, and she has... You see, he says, don't worry about evil people who prosper. That means evil, you can see prosperity in evil people. Do you know what I'm saying? You see, so sometimes there are people, you know, they are doing well in life and they see a Christian that is struggling in a certain area and they, they don't see why you go to church. They don't understand. They make fun of you. They don't understand. They don't understand that the lack of it, the lack of what they are looking at is so God will continue to keep you righteous and not evil. They don't understand. So he says, don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. They do all kinds of things and they get away with it. Do you understand? Verse 8, he says, stop being angry. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. Do not lose your temper. It just will lead to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. My Lord. Those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. You see, it's just a matter of time. Waiting calls for time. Amen. Verse 10 says, Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. You won't find them. <laughs> it says, You look for them, you won't find them. They will be gone. And verse 11, it says, The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. Amen. Hallelujah. That will be your story. I said that will be your story. It says the lowly, the lowly, that means the humble, the lowly, the humble, let them go and come and laugh at you. But the lowly will live in peace and prosperity. Hallelujah. Not that God doesn't want to give you your hard desires. Sometimes God keeps certain things from you to continue on with the training and strengthening of your ministry. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes God will keep certain things from you and you see, as he's training you towards or becoming a minister, he's not done with you. And sometimes the only way he will get you to continue with the training is to hold this thing from you. 
Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Or you don't understand? As soldiers of Christ, you are still in training. And some of you, the only reason why you are still in church is because God is still holding something from you. Look, that is why everyone has a need. Everyone has a need that no man can meet. Everyone. And we are saying that if God will keep that thing from you, so he will keep you and train you, he will keep that thing from you. If God will keep you single so that you will not go to hell, he will keep you single. Oh, yes. If God will keep you never having a degree so that you will not go to hell, he will keep you from having a degree. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? If God will, you see, you are looking for this particular job, but you have worked at this job for a long time. If God will have to keep you at the same position so you not go to hell, he will keep you there. He will keep you there. Amen. I tell you, many of you, you are kept in the house of God by one problem or the other. And you realize, as I said, that everyone has a problem. Everyone has a need. Amen. Amen. James chapter 1 and verse 12. James chapter 1 and verse 12. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And then he says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. Temptations, they come as a result of our own desires. God does not tempt us. Amen. I say God does not tempt us. Do you, are you asking God for a wife as you are sitting here today? Are you asking God for a wife? Are you asking God for a wife? Are you asking God for a husband? She cannot answer the question. Are you asking God for a wife? Are you asking God for a husband? You see, you are not asking God for a wife. Neither are you. You are asking God for a husband. You see, your, your, your desires, your desires has not even called for you to say God is holding something from you. Because you are not asking God for a husband, a, a wife. But you have a desire. And that enticing desire is what leads you to feel tempted. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It is your desires. It are the things that you desire, the things that you want... That makes you feel that God is holding something from you. 
But if you don't have that desire, you are not being tempted. Do you understand? You are not being tempted. The temptation to sleep with this man is that so he will marry you. Do you understand? So don't say God is tempting me. That, ah, I'm trying to keep my underwear on. And, ah, the temptation is too strong. It's not, it's your, your, it's your desire that is leading you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? God will not tempt you to sin. Hallelujah. So sometimes God is allowing something that you want and you have not received from not happening and it's strengthening you. It is strengthening you. Hallelujah. It is strengthening you. Amen. Now sometimes also, it is your own stupidity. Sometimes you are not receiving something and it's because of your own stupidity. Sometimes because you don't even know how to pray about that thing. Amen. But a lot of times too, it's your own stupidity. Look at Proverbs chapter 19 verse 3. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 3. It says, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. (laughs) Do you see? It says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then they turn around and they are angry with the Lord. Sometimes the thing that you are not having or you do not Receive is because of your own foolishness. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Other times, God wants to keep you simple and humble. You see, He says that the lowly, the lowly will live in peace and in prosperity. And in order for God to cause you to live in peace and in prosperity, sometimes certain things are withheld. Sometimes you will ask for certain things and you don't receive it. So that he will keep you humble. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. It says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Do you understand the scripture? It says, lest I should be exalted above measure. There was a thorn in the flesh. You see, the person was receiving abundance of revelation. You know, It's like you are on top of revelations. He was receiving abundance of revelations from God. But there was a thorn in his flesh. You know, I tell you, everyone has a problem. Everyone has a thorn in the flesh that no man can help you with. No man can help you with. Every Christian has a problem that no man can help you. No man can help you. 
Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Let's read the New Living Translation, please. He says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming what? To keep me from becoming what? You see, God does not want to oppose you. So sometimes he will give you a thorn in your flesh that no man can help you with. He says, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Verse 8, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Three different times. I fasted, I prayed, they called for all night, I came. There was another roots rally, I went, I prayed about this issue. Three different times, I begged the Lord to take, this is the same Lord who was giving him wonderful revelations, abundance of revelations, and I begged him to take it away. Verse 9, he says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So in order for God's power to work best in you, there ought to be some weakness. There ought to be some weakness. And a lot of times, your weakness, you see, some of you, your weakness is because of that particular issue that you cannot solve. Some of you, some of you women, if you were married, we could not even talk to you. Because I've been a pastor for a while and I've seen it. The way you wave your ring in front of our faces and do you know who you're talking to? Do, do you know who you are talking to? You know, and you are not saying it out, but you are saying you are talking to Mrs. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> is what you are saying to us, but we are not hearing it out loud. As you are saying, you don't know who we, you, 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 you see, the choir, the choir leader cannot even instruct you. As he is giving you instruction, you, you don't know who you're talking to. You see? You see, so God will give you a thorn in the flesh and you are praying, ah, this one came. I thought he was going to marry me. Somebody has snatched one. This one came. This, you see, and you have prayed about it. That you, you are still single. <laughs> so he says, since I learned this thing, since I learned that God, in order for him to keep me humble, he will give me a turn in my flesh. He says, since I learned this thing, since I learned from this lesson, so now, I am glad to boast about my weakness. You see, you cannot, you cannot do this except you are a spiritual person with a high-minded spiritual things and thinking in the spiritual. Otherwise, how can you boast of your weakness? He says, so now, I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That the power of Christ can work through me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so in order for the power of Christ to work through you, sometimes there's a thorn that is given in the flesh. 
to humble you in order for God to cause you to live in peace and prosperity. He says the, the lowly, the lowly. Oh, some of you, if things, certain things were to work out for you, you, you know yourself. You know yourself. You know yourself. Some of us, if God has not withheld certain things from us, we will not be, we will not be where we are in the ministry. You see, we ought to have spiritual-minded something to follow the God we are serving with a spiritual mind. That the walk that we are walking is a spiritual walk. Hallelujah. You see, the things that Jesus said in his time, if we are to emphasize and we are to preach on that all the time, the church will be empty. The church will be empty. Amen. The, the things that Jesus said, if we are to preach on that all the time, the church will be empty. Because what you are looking for, they are not that. Look, there's a scripture in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth. How many of you are seeking to store up treasures here on earth? Yes. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. You see, if every day you come to church, this is my message. And I'm preaching to you. Store your treasures in heaven. Reverend, what about here? Hey. You will, you will go to where they are. Storing their treasures here on earth. You will go to where they are commanding cars and houses and prosperity. You know, that is why more people... Look, I'm teaching you something very important. And you analyze your life. That is why more people attend anointing services where we are praying for healing... We are praying for prosperity. We are praying for marriages. You see, that is why when you hear, oh, there is this prophet and he prayed for certain women and they all got married within a month. All of you will go. I will not see any of my single women in the church. But you see, you don't understand that God is keeping you single for a season, for a reason. And you don't understand that. Amen. Amen. When we are talking about soul winning and salvation and hell and heaven and people don't come. People will not come to church. But when we say we have an anointing service for healing, for prosperity, we are praying for prosperity. We are, you see the place is full. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? One time Jesus, there was a large crowd that Gathered, they were following Jesus in the book of John, John chapter 6, verse 22. John chapter 6, verse 22. It says, The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. 
You see, they were searching for the pastor. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. Several boats. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. You see, people are chasing after church. People are taking boats and crossing rivers and crossing lakes to attend church services. Do you understand? People are taking buses and trains to go to Maryland to attend church services. Because they are talking about salvation. Because they are talking about soul winning. Because they are talking about heaven and hell. Is that why they are taking boats and driving to Long Island? Because there's a prophet in town that is talking about how to win souls, strategies, and sharing salvation in one minute, 60 seconds. Is that why people are going to Maryland and they are going to all these places? Is that the reason? So these people, they were taking boats, chasing after Jesus, running after Jesus. And verse 25, they found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did, when did you get here? Ah, we are tired. When did you get here? You didn't even tell us you were coming here. You didn't tell us the church has moved here. We are tired. Oh, we struggle. You didn't tell us the church has relocated. But wherever the church goes, we are coming. Wherever the church goes, we are coming. Wherever you move the church, we are coming. So, verse 26, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs. Yes. Do you see? You see, he knows the motives. You want to be with me because you're still looking for a husband. You want to be with me because your beloved is in the church. You want to be with me because you, you, you are looking for a job. You want to be with me because school is not working out well for you. He says, I tell you the truth. The reason why you are struggling, going through the lakes and crossing rivers and coming, is not because of the miraculous signs and it's not because of the gospel, it's not because of salvation, it's not because I've been talking about heaven and hell, but it's because you are looking for bread. You are looking for bread. You are looking for worldly things. That is why you are chasing after me. Amen. Look. What Jesus was trying to tell them was, as they were coming, as they were coming, if they found a bakery where they were giving free bread, they would have stopped right there. They would have stopped right there. They wouldn't have come. They wouldn't have come. They wouldn't have come to church. If they had found a bakery where they are giving out free bread, they wouldn't have come. Amen. The Bible says that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? People 
don't leave churches because these days the church is not sharing about salvation. The church is not sending us to witness because the church is not sending missionaries. You know, I want to be a missionary and the churches. That's not the reason why people leave churches. People leave churches because I can't find my type in the church. People leave churches because they didn't, they didn't come for my outdooring. They didn't attend my wedding. People leave churches because nobody gave me a gift when I was having my wedding. They all came and ate and nobody even gave me any check or any gift. This is the reason why people leave churches. They didn't visit me when I was sick. Nobody called me. This is the reason why people leave churches. When it was my birthday, they would see the way the pastor prayed for me. Everyone he prays for this and this is the reason why people leave churches. Amen. The reason why someone is leaving the church is because I don't like the way she spoke to me. I don't like the way she spoke to me. This is the reason why you are leaving the church. Because I don't like the way you... Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I mean, you, you, you have come to church. You have come to church. You are coming to seek the Lord. You are coming to find God. You are coming to have an encounter with God. And someone has also come to have an encounter with God. And that person's way of talking makes you leave. You know, it's like we, we go to court. We are all going to court. You are coming to court with your, you are coming to see the judge with your immigration issues. You want your papers. And this person is also coming for his citizenship. And you have all come to the, the court. And you are all sitting in the court. And whilst you are sitting and you are waiting to see the judge, they have a TV in the waiting room that is showing. And it is two o'clock. And this person, he watches his show at two o'clock. So he takes the chat. As you are listening to the news, there's breaking news. And you are listening to it, and it's just, they are just about to see. This person changes the channel. You are waiting to see the judge. You are all waiting to see the judge. You didn't even come for the same reason. You came for green card. You came for citizenship. And as you are waiting to see the judge, the channel that you are watching as you are waiting, the channel that is entertaining you as you are waiting to have an encounter with the judge, someone interrupts that channel. And so you get angry and then you get up and you say, I'm not seeing the judge anymore. I'm going. I am angry. I didn't like the way you spoke to me, so I'm not going to see the judge anymore. I didn't like the way you talked to me, so I'm not going to see the judge. You see, a lot of people, they don't even give the church a chance to have an encounter, to allow the church to bless them. But the encounter that they have with someone who also came to look for an encounter drives them away. I can't wait to see the Lord because I didn't like how you spoke about my voice when I was singing. I cannot wait to, I cannot wait to have an encounter with the Lord. I am gone. I am living. I cannot wait because of how you told me to sit here when I came in the church. I can't wait to see the Lord. I, can, I, no, I don't want to see the Lord anymore because of the way you're treating me. 
I don't want to see the Lord anymore because you, you spoke about my dress. I don't like to see the, the Lord anymore because when I came, you talk about my hair. This is the reason why people live there. Not, not spiritual things. Nothing spiritual. Nothing spiritual. And so people don't give a chance. Even because, Oh, I didn't like as I was singing the way they were talking about me. I didn't like it. So I'm gone. And this is the reason why people leave churches. Nothing, not based on any spiritual thing. Nothing. We, we have lost, we have lost, we have lost the aim and the, the goal completely. Amen. Amen. When people are giving offerings and they are tight, as they are giving, they are not thinking of, oh, this is going to win souls. This is going to establish churches. More people will be saved. Is that why people, as they are giving offerings, this is what is on their mind? Is that what is on people's mind? You see, but when people are giving offerings and they are paying their tithes, they are thinking of their return. Their return. Their return. You know, so it has become like investment. True or not true? You see, we have lost, we have lost the spiritual goal. We have lost it completely Why we are serving God. And we have assigned different worldly reasons, different things for why we are serving God. Hallelujah. You know, this is the same reason why Or based on this same reason that we also invite people to church. Do you understand? You see, when you, you are trying to win a soul for Christ or you are inviting someone to Christ, you are offering him, oh, come to church because God will bless you. You'll find a husband in the church. Oh, come to church. Come to church. You'll find a job in the church. Isn't that so? Oh, come to church. Come to church. This problem that you are going through, you just come to church. You just come to church. You see, so you see, we, we limit, we are limiting salvation to, and so when someone, when someone does not need a husband, then why am I coming to church? I don't need a husband. When someone doesn't need money, then why am I coming to church? Come to church. Oh, everything will be okay for you. This job, you come to church. I've been in a church for a while. Look, promotion is just coming like that. Come to church. You see, this is how we are offering. Since I've been in a church, oh, I've got married. I have children now. I have this. I have that. Clothes. Oh, talk about shoes. I have oh, look, jobs. I, I just choose. Which one? You see, we offer, and so there are people who don't think they need Christ. There are people who don't feel they need Jesus. They don't need, they don't need to be in a church. They don't need Christ because they don't need money. That is why a lot of people feel it's poor people, needy people that go to church. But that is not the reason why Christ came. That is not the reason. Jesus did not come. God did not give his only begotten son so you will find a husband. God did not give his only begotten son so that you will be married. 
God did not give his only begotten son so you find a job. God did not give his only begotten son so that you will have money. That is not the reason why God gave his only begotten son. Listen, God did not give his only begotten son so that worldly things will be around you, that you will have worldly things. You see, God gave his only begotten son. That applies to everyone. Whether you have money, whether you have cars, whether you have children, whether you are single, whether you are married, whether you, you are a graduate, whether you're not. He says, for all, all have sinned. That you will find with every single person. That no one will be eliminated. He says, for all have sinned. Black, white, short, tall, married, single. All have sinned, and for that we have come short of the glory of God. And that God gave his only begotten son. That is why God gave his only begotten son. That everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Whether you have money, whether you have cars, whether you are rich, whether you are an American, you are a Ghanaian, whether you are an African, wherever, whether you are a Jamaican, whoever you are, you have fallen short of the glory of God. And so you need salvation. And it's not for poor people. It's not only for needy people. Let us not limit the faith to worldly things and so limit many people from coming to Christ. Let us not limit it. This is the reason why so many people don't find any need because they see your need. And you associate your need with your service with God so much that they don't have that need that you have. They don't have that need. And that is why we can't get people to receive salvation. Because we have linked it with worldly things, with material things. That this is why we come to Christ. This is why. And so I don't need it. So why do I have to come to Christ? I don't need it. I don't need healing. You are the one that needs healing. I don't need healing. I'm not sick. You are the one that needs healing. Jesus did not die so you'll be healed. Jesus did not die so you'll be married. That is not why Christ came. Beloved, let us understand the spiritual walk that we have embarked on. It is not a worldly walk. Hallelujah. We are living in the world, but we are not of the world. Amen. Amen. The things that you are looking for from God, he will give you. Amen. 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 He will give you. Hallelujah. In Ephesians 4, it says that he, when, God, when, when Christ rose, he gave gifts to men. He gave gifts to men. You see, when, we, when you, you hear that, oh, there has been gifts that God is giving, you see, the people will come. People will come to receive gifts. But the gifts of God, they are spiritual gifts. They are spiritual gifts. He gave gifts to men, and the gifts are spiritual things. He gave gifts of prophets, gifts of teachers, gifts of pastors, gifts of evangelism. When he died and he rose and he went underworld to conquer and to rise up and to conquer, and he was departing, he gave gifts to men. Hallelujah. He gave gifts. Amen. Do not limit, do not limit. And he says, 
And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. Not that you'll be married. So that you'll be married? So that you have, you have cars? You have houses? No. So that you have clothes? You have, so that, you see, there are certain things that God will make sure you have. And once you have that, he says, be content. The rest he will do. As long as he will give you food and raiment to remain in the house, the rest he will do. Amen. Amen. Let, us not, let us not turn our Christianity into searching for, searching for husbands and searching for wives. That the only thing that really excites you as a Christian is that I have found a beloved. That I have passed my exams. That your joy in the church now, you, the reason why you are so happy in the church is because you have found a beloved. What a shock. And so I, I, I'm leaving the church because someone has taken my beloved. I'm leaving the church because my beloved has changed his mind. I'm leaving the church because uh, he, he, he says we are not marrying anymore. I'm leaving the church. That's the reason why Christ died for you. That is the reason why Jesus, God, gave his only begotten son. May the Lord forgive us. Amen. I say may the Lord forgive us Amen. that he gave his only begotten son so that we will have dresses that we will have many shoes. For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. His only begotten son. His only begotten son. You know, when you have children, You are happy when you look at your child and your child looks like you. Isn't that so? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you see, sometimes I see some children, I see some babies, and then the baby has no resemblance to the father at all. And nobody is saying anything. But the mother is saying, oh, he looks like his father. Look at his nose. Look at his chin. Look at his cheek. Look at his... I say, ah, I don't see it. He said, oh, you look. He has his father's nose. He wants, he wants the baby to look at the father so that nobody, no controversies, no... <laughs> No accusations. Don't bring yourself. The boy looks like you. Listen, this is this is your daughter. Look at the nose. Look, look. Look at the elbow. He has your elbow. Your elbow. Your child has your elbow. <laughs> Don't see the nails. The, the nails are just like your nails. Eh? <laughs> Even when I'm changing the battles, they're just like your battles. <laughs> you see? But of course, when you see your child looking like you, you are happy. Do you understand? You are happy. And when your child is looking 
differently from you, you are not happy. Do you understand? When your child is going wayward, you see, because you want to enjoy your child. You want to have fun with your child. You want to enjoy. So when your child now, your child now is smoking, drinking, and that is not you, you can enjoy your child. Do you understand? God created us for his enjoyment. God wants to enjoy. So he made us in his own image for us to look like him. To look like him. And so the purpose, he will do all he can to bring us. He says that we will come closer to his divine nature. To come, to come, to attain his divine nature. To attain, so he will give his only begotten son. He will give his only begotten son. But God did not give his only begotten son so that you find a job with Chase and work with Morgan Stanley, that you will get a job on Wall Street. That you say that the Spirit of God is moving in my life and it's because I have a new job. (laughs) Beloved, let us be conscious of the God we serve. Hallelujah. He says he's a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. Desire to worship God in spirit. Let us not be carnal. Paul said, I came to you and I could not even speak to you. Because you were carnal. I couldn't talk to you as adults. I couldn't talk to you as mature Christians. Because you were carnal. Hallelujah. Let us be conscious of the God we are serving. Our time is up. Put your hands together and thank you. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, reflect and see what are the things that drives you. What are the things that drive you towards God? What is it that drives you towards God? What is it that drives you towards God? Set your mind. Reflect. What is it that drives you towards God? What is it that is driving you? I will Are you coming to search for the Lord? No. Do you come searching for the Lord? Do you come searching for the Lord? But you will perfect all that concerns you. You only will seek Him. He says, seek me first. Seek me. Seek me first. I will be so you. Oh God, seek Him. I want to find Him. He said, "The lowly, the lowly, they will live in peace and in prosperity. If God will give us lowly by the throne that is in the flesh, He will." Oh yeah. Oh Jesus. I will be so. Wait on him. Patiently. He 
if we can wait patiently, if we can wait patiently, He will not withhold any good thing from you. Oh yes, He will perfect all that concerns you. Oh Jesus. Gently. 
We thank you, Lord. We are grateful tonight in the name of Jesus. I will be afternoon you are not born again God gave his only begotten son and if you were the only one on earth God would have still given his only begotten son for you so you will not go to hell tonight you are saying pastor I need Jesus Christ in my life I want to receive salvation I don't want to go to hell when I die pastor pray with me that I will receive Christ if that is your prayer with all eyes closed and every head bowed you want to say pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Christ if that is your prayer lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you you are here this evening you want to give your life to Jesus you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life with all eyes closed every head bowed lift up your hand and I'll pray with you God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else you want to join? You want to give your life to Christ? Anyone else? Anyone else? You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive salvation. I want to receive salvation. Anyone else? If you have lifted up your hand, I want you to take one bold step and come here and meet with me. I want to pray with you. Come here. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. lift up your hand and say this with me. Say this after me and I want all the congregation to join and say this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus, tonight I come to you with a heart full of repentance. I repent of my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You died for my sins. You rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, tonight I welcome you into my heart. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for your son who has returned to you, Lord. Your arms are open, O oh God, and you are welcoming your son. Father, your word teaches us that you will leave the 99 righteous souls who do not need repentance and you will go out and search for this one soul. And Father, if it was for only this soul, you will still give your only begotten son to die for him. Therefore, Lord, that is why you say before the angels, they rejoice this very moment because your son has returned to you. We give you glory and we give you honor. Our prayer tonight, O oh Lord, is that you build a shield around him. Amen. Let the angels of God watch over him. Amen. Let them keep him. Let them preserve him. Amen. 
Father, your word says, of all that you have given me, I have lost now. Father, let him not be lost to the enemy in the name of Jesus. Give him that grace to continue to walk with you. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother, what's your name? Derek. Derek. God bless you. God bless you. Do I have a gift for Derek? Do I have? I need a present for Derek at the end of the service. So please. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.